health is about more than just staying fit. And with every year that goes by, I'm becoming more and more fascinated by how what we eat can impact our health and our potential, with a particular focus on gut health and the gut microbiome. It's not just what I eat either, it's how I eat too. It's all connected. That's why I've developed my own number one living drinks brand. Number One Living is based on this idea, the simple notion that by putting our well-being first and improving the quality of what we put into our bodies, we get more out of life. My range of kombucha drinks are full of bacterial life cultures, designed for a happy and healthy gut. They're sugar-free, vegan and naturally sourced, so you can feel great on the inside and enjoy life on the outside. Choose from refreshing raspberry, passion fruit or our award-winning ginger and turmeric kombucha. The number one living range is widely available in Sainsbury's, Holland and Barrett's and Boots stores and online at numberoneliving.com. Grab yours today. Okay, on with the show. Welcome back to I Am and thanks so much for joining me. As you may already know, on this podcast, we're all about human potential. My guest this week, Dr. Joe Cambray, well, he's a scientist who's been extensively researching all kinds of things in this field for decades. Loads of stuff around the workings of the mind, the process of psychological intervention, and so much more too. But there's a couple of concepts he talks about that really grab me. One of them is the theory of emergent forms. The other is about altered states of consciousness. What you're talking about are emergent properties. And you have things interacting in a competitive environment, and they produce something, a whole holistic form that's greater than the sum of the parts goes all the way back to Aristotle, this kind of thinking. But we've now got ways to, to look at that. And you're absolutely correct. This is not easy to predict. You can't just look at the parts and say, okay, this will then therefore create this emergent form. It's spontaneous. It self-organizes. It's not under direction so that you, know, you, you get these forms. A simple example, glass of water. Water shouldn't be liquid at room temperature. If you study the quantum mechanics of water. Uh, you take a single molecule of water, you'd expect it to be a gas at room temperature. Hydrogen sulfide, same molecular structure, just with sulfur, which is heavier than oxygen, and you got a gas. Why? Well, it's the interactions between the molecules. It's the hydrogen bonding from one molecule to the next that creates the liquidity of water. It's an emergent property of the system. In terms of connecting with emergent forms, I find that the ability to tolerate uncertainty is absolutely key. You need great curiosity. And the way, you know, I've asked the question clinically, how do you detect when something's emergent? And the best single tool is the, through the use of the emotions, and it's particularly the emotion of surprise. So I really get it. All of this stuff, it may seem like such a long way from home for me, for all of you that know me only from my rugby playing days, but I urge you to bear with it. Give it a listen. As I've been uncovering for the last 15 or more years, when we start getting interested in understanding more about the deeper nature of life and who we are, then we can't help but be enhancing our relationship with everything within life and everything that we do at the same time. It's like when we focus upon understanding ourselves and growing and touching more of life and our potential, then it's almost like a spin-off that our performance, teamwork, and quality of life become richer, ever-expanding adventures that take care of themselves. Dr. Cambray, he's got this capacity to talk about complex stuff and make it sound so simple. Now, I've got this capacity and the habit of doing the exact opposite. 
So I'm going to try using some of his words to explain this emergent forms concept a little bit more deeply. He says, agents interacting in competitive environments can spontaneously self-organize to create emergent forms whose properties transcend the properties of the individuals involved. And this creates a kind of feedback loop because the emergent form then affects the interaction of the individual parts, which then changes the emergent form and so on and so forth. The reason that this really appeals to me is because I think it's a, a fabulous way of looking into the idea of potential. It's something that immediately makes sense to me because it does such a decent job of explaining a lot of weird and wonderful stuff that I've experienced but have struggled so much to articulate. So in any moment, in any interaction, there's this possibility for things to take off and transform into something way beyond the reach of who we think we are, how we see ourselves in life and what's possible. For me, when the players of a team get together on a certain day around a certain sport and connect through their passion and share goals, anything can happen. I've been part of a lot of different teams and some have brought such indescribable immensity and some haven't. Some games I've played in, they've opened up to reveal incredible experiences beyond space and time and others definitely haven't. I feel like I've also been in the presence of this kind of emergent form stuff taking place, but for opposition teams rather than my own too. I can remember Wales doing it, France doing it, Samoa, Australia. In fact, every team's had their moments. And I'm not talking about the outcome-based stuff like winning, losing or scoring and not scoring. I'm referring to that boundless potential of team spirit and performance, the inner experience. It is an absolute truth for me right now that in that competitive environment, things can take place which they just don't fit with the logic of our expectation. And it's not even that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. It is, as Dr. Cambrai alludes to, more like that the whole belongs on a different plane to a completely new universe or dimension of being. The whole kind of has nothing to do with the properties of the parts. You might hear players saying that the team just brings out the best in me. They may say this about a coach as well, but this random sense of sudden confidence and worth for me is an emergent form taking place. You may hear players saying that in the thick of the action in the big games, I just seemed to know what was going to happen next before I did it. But this in the zone performance, almost transcendence of the laws of life is also an emergent form. It's not something that follows on from doing things okay and better and good and well. It's a quantum leap into a world of very, very different rules or no rules almost. You may hear players saying they could sense where another player was or what he or she was thinking or going to do next. This deeper communication, unity or alignment, again, an emergent form. It's not something that can be fabricated, manufactured or replicated. The bond between individuals and the shared respect that can come up in teams like this is definitely an emergent form. 
I've also had many times, I might add, the opposite experiences I've been alluding to. Experience of not being able to get anything going, of nothing going right, of misreading the signals of others, ending up on completely opposite wavelengths. The Lions tour of 2005 to New Zealand was a great example of a big nightmare like this. It's rather unfortunate at the same time we were enduring the nightmare, New Zealand were taking the game to a new dreamlike level. I don't think we'll ever really be able to explain or describe what they do or mean for us in a way that does them any justice. They all, I think, though, can be categorised as a kind of team spirit because they seem to magically appear out of a relationship, a relationship that involves us, always, and our environment, us and others, us and life, or ultimately us and this moment and whatever fills it. So what makes for relationships family, team, business, local community, national or global, that create immense, surprising, momentous, expanding experiences of life? And what makes for the ones which bring nothing but what was expected or even less, the ones that instead isolate and darken? One thing is for sure, and that is that the present moment is certainly not offering anything less or more. So we can't blame it. It's not having a can't-be-bothered day, an only-half-present day. It isn't holding something back ready for someone else who might be more important or more worthy than us. In every case, it's offering its absolute fullness But how much of its creative possibility we get to meet and play with depends upon how we ourselves turn up. So this is where the big opportunity lies. The more of who we really are that we bring to the party, the more indescribable emergent forms we bring into being. Because we ourselves, we can only be half engaged. We can keep our guards up, hold things back and refuse to let out our true selves. And when we do start to do this, we get less and less back from life and the moment. So this leads me to talk about two main choices available to us for our being. One is the past version of us, the past us, and the other is the now version of us, the now us. The past version of us is what I'm going to talk about first, and it's to be found in and as our intellect, our logic, the workings of our mind, our conclusions, our familiar and habitual feelings and thought patterns. All of this is stuff we've gathered throughout our lifetime, understandings and conditioning we've gathered. The past version of us is always completely selfish and self-serving. It's always looking for reward and recognition, safety and survival from all its interactions. It's looking for a payoff. It's all conditional. And I think we kind of begin our experience of life already as a past us. At such a young age, we show already signs of certain tendencies, ways of seeing things, predispositions to how we react and record things in our minds. We already have a kind of personality supported by some kind of leaning or bias or conditioning. And these beliefs, they go looking for evidence to support themselves. That's how they work. They do it to keep themselves alive. They're repetitive in nature. They seek to validate the understandings of 
ourselves and the world that we already have, our fears and opinions. And all of this kind of cyclical working just goes to ensure that we keep seeing what we want or need to see. So the cycle self-reinforces and winds tighter and tighter in on itself until there seems to be very little chance of breaking out of it. This past us, it engulfs us, it becomes who we are. It suffocates us, it tells the story of us, so that when we try to describe who we are to someone, it's straight away what we go to. Our achievements, our upbringing, our beliefs, our views on life, our opinions, our family, our heritage, our personality, everything that we've picked up and accumulated along the way. But what about who we are? What about whatever it was or is that was there before that's been doing the accumulating? The now me. Well, this one we don't talk about so much because there's nothing much to talk about. There's nothing to show of the now me. Just silence. The now us is just pure possibility. It's our potential, unrealized and forever available. It's an amazing thing, breathtaking in fact, but it's of such little value in society when it all comes to comparing, competing, the hierarchy of winning, losing, better, best, success, failure, good, bad. And when it's all about having a strong standout appearance or narrative, then what good is the now me. The now me is storyless. It's undefinable, untouchable. It's always brand new. It's ageless, timeless. It's certainly not confined or enslaved by any ideas. The stronger the influence of this past us, then the stronger the personality and the opinions and the less of life and its emergent forms we ever get to touch. The emergent forms, I think, are what constantly cause us to question our opinions. But with such opinions in place, it's difficult to ever enter into that new space. Monotony and boredom, a big barrier to the emergent form. But this is just the voice of the past us telling us that it's seen it all before, that it knows what's coming, it knows who everyone is, what they're all about, what everything is, and it's of no real value to it. Anger and frustration, again, big barriers to emergent forms. And this is just the voice of the past us telling us that things are not how they should be and that justice needs to be served. The world needs to be corrected in order for things to be returned to a fair, agreeable arrangement for who we are. Fear and anxiety, again, massive barriers to emergent forms. But this is just the voice of the past us telling us that it's not okay for certain things to turn out in a certain way. When we follow this voice, when we react to it, when we become recruited by it and we believe in it, we believe away the possibility for emergent forms that can completely transform the way we look at things. When we allow the voice of our past conclusions, of our stored thought patterns and feelings to impose its limits upon this present moment, then we are going to begin asking, what's the point? Because we'll keep seeing the same kind of end results in our experience. We are going to wonder, wow, there must be more to life than this. The past version of ourselves, it lives purely in the mind. It doesn't touch life. And in order to reach outside of it, 
there must be a willingness to let go of our past us, of all our meanings and our identities, to stop trying to prove ourselves, stop looking for so much value in outcomes and what others think and feel about us. The willingness takes the form, I think, of a burning, insatiable desire to want to know ourselves truly and a privileged glimpse of what I think it's like to access this life outside the limits of the of the past us, to experience the now us, for me has always been the first whistle of that big match. Because in the changing room just beforehand, it's just all the past us, the past me. Living in the mind, fearing, trying to control, trying to survive and find safety, trying to get rid of the unknown, all the, the ingredients of the emergent form, trying to clear all that way just for some security. So there's no eureka moments in that incredibly tense space. But then on the field, when it all kicks off, all of a sudden, and Dr. Joe Cambray explicitly refers to the spontaneity of emergent forms, the spontaneous nature of their arising, all of a sudden, our experience of life shifts and we fully engage as the now me. There is no thought pattern that leads us from the past us into the now us. We simply drop all of this selfish survival stuff and we open up. Our passion and excitement finds unobstructed expression. It connects with the moment to create something. We may feel something beyond time and space as the now me, because time and space are not qualities of life, they're qualities that belong to the mind and the past us. The now us can transcend them, have access to knowing what is going to happen next. It can witness from outside of the body having these type of experiences, which seems so impossible when we're stuck in that old narrative. The now me communicates not through logic and story, but through out of the blue, genius sparks of intuition, insight, inspiration and imagery, all of which just springs up in us when it's completely relevant, never before. We don't get a warning. There's no process of progressively thinking our way into intuition. The past me can't touch it. It can only circle around the outside of it, wishing it could get in. The now us, however, effortlessly inhabits this beautiful realm. And when the experience is over, when we step out of it, the past us then likes to try and take credit for its occurrence, credit for doing it. And it begins trying to work out how to replicate it for next time. It's a, a fairly well-intentioned endeavor, an understandable one, a justifiable one. But by trying to access the now this way, we will forever be doing just that, trying to live in the moment. How often do we hear people saying that, that they're trying to be more present, trying to enjoy life, trying to let go? It's the trying that is ensuring the futility of the endeavour. We see this type of thing with rugby goal kickers all the time. I was one of them. The person plus the ball with the intention, the environment, the talent, all of this, a recipe for all kinds of emergent forms. But we suck all the life out of this opportunity 
by building rigid techniques that start to try to own the gift and the talent and the possibilities rather than support and liberate them. We experience this emergent form. It's so beautiful. We want it again. And in order to get it again, we try to intellectually guide ourselves there. And these intellectual processes, they may bring about a degree of consistency, but it's nothing like the explosive nature of that immense emergent form. And with this consistency and this machine-like repetitive capability, we shut the door on the higher planes and dimensions of experience. These rigid techniques and ideas, instead of leading us into that beautiful space of who knows what, they create a world of pressure, of fear of failure, lack of growth, lack of exploration, creativity or passion. It all becomes about the survival of the identity, the selfish endeavour of just getting through the challenge, keeping our old image intact. On a performance level, we see a plateau. We see less and less engagement and excitement as the past us takes over. Just look at how my kicking pose developed over the years into such a ridiculous stance that I hated. I never wanted to be like that. It felt so restricted, but I would have said it wasn't my choice. I didn't have a choice. It was the choice of the past me. In this conversation, Dr. Joe Cambre talks about the power of altered states also as ways to access this now version of who we are. The two states that he mentions that I think seem to provide an opening into this infinite realm are playfulness and reverie. Playfulness, when we're able to stop taking ourselves so seriously, we automatically loosen the hold of the past us over us. We can begin to explore so much more readily. We seem to implicitly know that nothing really can define us. So we can go all in without this fear of failure because we're totally, or if not totally, we're much more okay with the idea of ourselves coming to a bit of a humiliating end. This is okay. We don't want these old ideas hanging around any longer or outstaying their welcome, hanging around and weighing the now us down. And through our reverie, we can roam so freely, unconditioned and lawlessly. It's an inspired, spontaneous state that goes against all that intellectual logic. It's a way of connecting with our subconscious, allowing it to express itself and begin creating from outside of our limits. And letting go of everything that's holding us back in order to reveal that immensity of who we are and allowing us to commit fully to our highest passions, it means breaking the habit of being the past us, of being who we think we are, and then tuning into the signals of the now us. There's so many ways of doing this. Every night before we sleep, we can take time to consciously release with gratitude and compassion, all the gatherings of the day, lay them to rest, and in doing so, set the scene for a cleansing, healing, recovery, sleep reset. In the morning, we can claim back all our attention and energy and become fully present and then set the scene for what kind of day we wish to live, for who we want to be, thankful for the emergent forms we're going to explore and create and the exciting, privileged interactions that await us. Whatever permission we require to trust and let go, I feel it can be 
something we offer ourselves through practices that resonate and seem to call to us most loudly. Whatever it is that seems to suit you most, whether it's meditation, closing our eyes and witnessing or observing our cycles rather than reacting to them or trying to analyze them, that's a cycle breaker for sure. But so is acceptance, self-love, self-soothing, total self-honesty, mindfulness, awareness. So is following excitement, engaging in play, whether it be hobbies or interests, whatever it be in arts, dreaming, visualization, walking or active relaxation, trying new things, sitting with difficult feelings, embracing vulnerability, contemplating our mortality, diet, rest, physical endeavors like that, numerous other therapies, or we can explore all of this through our relationships with others. These are huge opportunities too. The capacity to see through these stories that we concoct for others, encountering them as brand new, fascinating beings, treating them with absolute compassion and respect. Whatever it is, the list is amazingly long. There's always a choice we can make to be so much more of the now us in every moment. And for me, this choice is the key for the huge transformational potential in all of us. We're all unique and the emergent forms we create in our lives, they're unique to us. It's such a privilege to have this opportunity to know your universe. It's so yours. When we see, feel and become aware of this choice and the potential to create a life beyond our wildest dreams within that choice, I don't think there's any going back. All it takes is to meet this moment as all of who we are, which means surrendering to it. And it starts now. It's now or never. Thank you so much to all of you for all of your support. As always, this podcast and so much in it, the experience of being part of this with the guests, it's all to me full of emergent forms. It's a space where I certainly feel like I can have the safety, the permission to just be me, talk openly. And I hope it's something that in some way affords you the same privilege. What is it for you that allows you or to be the now version of you? What do you do? What sort of practices resonate most clearly with you? Whatever it is, please let us know your thoughts, any guidance as well. It all makes this what it is. Get those into hello at iampodcast.co.uk and we'll always take them on board. Thank you so much for your support and your inspiration. Wishing you really, really well and see you soon. My name is Johnny Wilkinson. This is the I Am Podcast with Dr. Joe Cambray.